it. Stop, yeah. Have a word, have a word, say. I want to talk about becoming vulnerable. Um, because when we are vulnerable with God, it means that he has access to all areas. He gets in. It's, it means surrender. And it makes the supernatural natural in our lives when God has access. And I've been talking about walking in freedom and allowing God in and how I talked about the enemy having strategies in our lives. We need to have strategies in our lives of getting closer to God. Strategies which we built into our lives that help us walk in freedom, that help us get this closer relationship. Because it's all about relationship. Everything. Right from the beginning, right till the end, it's all about relationship. And that relationship with God is through Jesus Christ. I want to talk a little bit about how we can get closer to God through our, our vulnerability. And I've looked at three, three people in particular, but there are many people in the scriptures I could have looked at, but I'm, I'm going to look at three in particular. Um, I'm going to look at Gideon, I'm going to look at David, and I'm going to look at Jacob. And I've spoke on these characters Numerous occasions, especially Jacob and the, and, the, and the part of his life that I want to talk about, numerous occasions, but there's always something new there. Vulnerability means total surrender. It means to open that door, opening it up. You know, when Moses bowed before God, when he asked to see his glory in Exodus 34, it says that when he bowed, it actually means he shriveled up. You know, sometimes we, we just think it's like a, a courtesy bow, you know, okay, no, it's nothing like that. It's a total, Elijah in, in 1 Kings 18 and 42 on Mount Carmel, it says that he, he bent down and put his head between his knees. He shriveled right up. He got as small as he possibly could. Like John the Baptist said, I must decrease so that he can increase. And it means us being vulnerable. It means us decreasing and, and saying, Lord, I'm just small. But I want you. And I want all of you. I want you to increase in my life. And I want me to decrease. That is becoming vulnerable. So just look at Gideon. You'll find it in Judges, the story of Gideon. He was one of the judges of Israel. Judges 7. We know the story. I'm not going to go into it all. If you don't know it, then have a read of it. It's a fantastic story. He was the least in his family. He was, his family was the least in the tribe, and his tribe was the least of all the tribes. He was the lowest of the low, if you like. His father was an idol worshiper, maybe a priest in, of Baal. Um, there was a reputation. I spoke on this a couple of years ago, I think, that he was not his father. And the angel of the Lord came to him and said, you're a mighty man. He says, no, I'm not a mighty man. You know who I am. How can you call me mighty? And he called him to lead an army against the enemies of Israel. Um, they got an army of 32,000 men. Pretty good. Not, not the biggest army. But it was a, quite a big army. 32,000. And 
as they were about to get ready, you know, Gideon was looking at this army, thought, yeah, we've we got a good army. It was pretty good. The Lord said to him in Judges 7 and verse 2, he says, you have too many men for me to deliver Midian into their hands. You have too many men. It wasn't a big army anyway. But he said to Gideon, you've got too many. And the Lord went through a few different strategies of how he whittled down these men. Eventually, he was, he was left with just 300. 300 in his army. Wow. If that is not a position of vulnerability, I don't know what is. The Midian armies had far more than 32,000 anyway. And here's Gideon standing there with 300 blokes. Oh, that's vulnerable. He had to become vulnerable to the point of weakness before he could become strong. And it's like that in our lives sometimes. We have to realize what our strengths are and what our weaknesses are. And sometimes when we realize, we, we can all recognize our, our weaknesses and we know about them, but what about our strengths? We need to look at ourselves and think, yeah, I'm good in that, I'm good at that, I'm, I'm strong there. And do you know what God says? Hand it over to me. Hand your strength over to me. This is what he was saying to Gideon. Your strength is in that army. Now give it to me and I'll show you strength. Because when we hand over the things that we're good at, the things that we love, the things that we are strong in, that's when he says, now I'll show you strength. Didn't the Lord say to Paul, 2 Corinthians 12, he says, my power is made perfect in your weakness. So hand over all your strength. Stand in a place of vulnerability. Then I'll show you real strength. It's until we lower our defenses, until we get rid of the things that we, th we stand behind, like that word that come from Claire this morning, until we get out of that fortress of our own strength and open that door, there's no way we can have that really close relationship. That door is the, a door of vulnerability into our lives. We can't stay in our own strengths. Have you, I don't know how many, how many, let me just quit. How many got a dog? I got a dog. Anybody else got a dog? Two of us got dogs. Two people got dogs. I don't believe you. You just, you don't want to put your hand up and admit you got a dog. It's just me and my mom got a dog. Let me tell you about dogs then, because you obviously don't haven't got a clue about dogs. Does your dog, ma'am, I was going to ask people a question. I'll just ask my mom then, right? Does your dog ever lie on its back? Yeah. I'm glad you said yeah. I'm glad you didn't say no. Because sometimes a dog, our dog particular, Oscar, he's a lovely dog. If he was here now, he'd be barking and barking, jumping on everybody. That's why he's like a bit crazy. But there are times when he'll just lie on his back. And his paws will just flop like this. Why are you like that? I checked it out. What does it mean? It means a, a position of surrender. And it goes back to the, the old hunter, hunting dogs and the pack dogs. And there was a pecking order within the pack. And the alpha male, if, if there was a problem, he would put it right. If anyone challenged him, he would 
put it right. And the other dogs, to show their vulnerability and that they were subservient to him, they would lie down. And it's a pack mentality in a dog that it becomes vulnerable and it'll lie down before the one who's in charge. That's a bit like us with God, isn't it? I'm just going to open right up. I'm going to become so vulnerable to you because I put you at the head. You're in charge. But I also noticed as I was reading through, that's what I wanted to find out about the dog, right? Because so I thought, yeah, then just back it up with a bit of, uh, bit of facts. I found something else out as I was reading through. That position in your house with your dog, or you haven't got dogs anyway, but my dog, your dog, ma'am, in your house when it lies down in that place by your feet where you're watching the voice or something. Yeah, if a fish did, it's dead. But if you, the dog doesn't, it lies there, lies there. You're watching the voice on TV or whatever, and the dog is lying there. That's not a position of vulnerability then. It's said that that is a position of safety. It shows that that dog is so content, so secure, so safe, it has no fear at all of predators. It will lie on its back by your feet. Wow. How are we in that position where we are so content, so vulnerable, so safe, no fear of anything that comes against us, we will just lie in a vulnerable position and say, I know you got my back. I know I'm safe with you. That's what the, that's what the dog is literally saying. I know I'm safe with you. And that's what God wants from us. He's, he doesn't want us to be dogs. I mean, don't go away saying the pastor says we've got to be dogs. But what, what God wants is, I wa he wants us to be so vulnerable that we just will lie, curl up in a ball in his presence and say, I'm so secure in you. I'm so content in you. I'm so safe in you. I have no fear of predators. I will lie at your feet. In vulnerability. You know, what have we got that we have too much of, that we hide behind? Too much pride, too much strength, too much stubbornness sometimes, too many backup plans sometimes. We always like backup plans, don't we? If that don't work, that don't work, that way. I got a backup plan for the backup plan. But God's saying, hey, tell you what, give me the backup plans as well. There's nothing wrong with having backup plans. There's nothing wrong with having these things. But sometimes God says, give them all to me because I got a better backup plan. And sometimes we rely on this little fortress that we've, we've placed ourselves in. Are we not willing to open that door? Oh, God, just whittle me down from 32,000 to 300 so that I stand in your strength, not in my own, so that everything... I hide behind, is gone. That's the, one of the lessons from Gideon. Then there's, there's David. And there's lots of stories about David, but this one in particular. King David was bringing the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. 
It was eventually his son who brought it in to the temple. But on this occasion, King David was trying to bring the, the ark in. And he was sacrificing animals as they were bringing it in. And there was much rejoicing. There was, there was much singing. There was celebrating. And King David got so wrapped up in the moment that he, he, he shared his, his kingly robes, whatever he had on that, that was royal. He took it all off. In fact, the scripture says he danced naked. Probably meant that he had a, a small sort of loincloth or something on. But he was dancing before the Lord. And this is what he said, Second Samuel 6. And verse 22 and verse 21, people were watching him. People were talking about him. And he said, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this. And I will be humiliated in my own eyes. That was important. I, I just underlined that as I was looking at it this morning. He would become humiliated in his own eyes. Because sometimes we think we're great, don't we? Because sometimes we think we are okay, we're safe. Sometimes we think we don't need God. We've got it all together. But sometimes we need to look at ourselves and examine ourselves. And say as David did on another occasion, search me. I become vulnerable. I open the door to you. So he says, I will become humiliated in my own eyes. Even in my own standing, who I think I am, I will, I will just look at myself and examine myself. He said, I'll become even more undignified. I don't care what you think of me. I'm going to dance before the Lord. You know, what do the people think of, of Moses or Elijah when um, they saw them curled up in a little ball? Here's David dancing, virtually naked took off all the symbols of power that he had. All his own strength, the symbols of his own strength that said, I'm laying it down. I'll become vulnerable before my God. It's difficult. But he danced before the Lord with all his might, it says. It wasn't just a, a little jig. It wasn't the, the daddy shuffle. It was everything. He was going crazy. He didn't dance for anyone else. He wasn't dancing for show. This was for the Lord. He says, I'll become undignified and I don't care if I become undignified because I'm desperate for the Lord's presence in my life. He says, I'm desperate for that close relationship and David was called a, a man after God's own heart. Very close. You see, the, the desperate become undignified, don't they? And you know, if, if you're desperate, you become a little bit undignified. Just make, I'm just thinking of a, an incident that happened yesterday where I was a little bit undignified. I'm going to tell you about it, right? I was desperate, I become undignified. I tell you, this is what happened. And I want to make it a note of praise as well, because it could have been much worse. Yesterday, in the day, um, Callum went out doing something, 
And I, um, I need to remember where I am in this story now. I'm talking about being undignified, right? Just remind me if I forget. We had some personal papers, some bank stuff that we wanted to get rid of. and uh, So I thought, oh, I'll burn it. I'll go up the back. Man, make fire. So I went up the back. While I was out there, I smashed up this old uh, wooden wardrobe that we had. So I had lots of wood, piles of wood up against the wall. Fire. Got my fire pit. Got all these papers. I was burning them, and they were, oh, as you do, I was having fun with it, and it was burning up. It was great. And then, of course, afterwards, it was just, I thought, oh, I've got to get rid of it now. There's all this ash. It was blowing everywhere. It was blowing around the garden. Um, so I got the hose pipe, just hosed it all down. Hosed it down. It was damp and down, damp, down, damp, down. We were going out. We were going out shopping. So I thought, well, I can't leave this year now because it's just going to blow all over the garden. Um, so I felt it. Stupid, but, you know, yeah, it's quite, quite cool. Yeah. Felt the bottom of the fire pit because it's like one of these big bowls, you know. Felt, oh, that's quite cool. Put it in the bin. Tipped it in the bin. Got it in the bin. In the bin. Lid down. Went out. We were out shopping for three hours. It was great. I loved it. Got back home. Karen was making a curry. So I went and sat down. Cup of tea. The bin's right outside the, um, the kitchen. Karen was making a curry. I was watching something on the TV. Andrew, go out, yeah! She said, I said, what, what, what? I ran out. I think I just, I like a pair of boxer shorts on or something. Or, you know, this is the undignified part, right? You've got to know this, right? 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 And I usually have um, braces holding my boxer shorts up. So. <laughs> no. No, just a T-shirt, right? That's a really undignified, that is, right? So I said, what's the matter? What's the matter? We got a fire! She said, look outside. I looked outside the bin. I'm not kidding you. I am not kidding you. The flames were higher than me. Leaping up the side of the, up the, side of the house. And all this wood that I'd, I'd prepared in the afternoon to take to the tip was just by the side of it being licked with all these flames. And the brand new fence that the neighbors have just had put up, wooden fence, was there. And I, went, oh, I was outside running around in my box of sorts. Get the hose pipe out. The hose pipe. I got the bin. I kicked the bin over. If anybody had seen me, I was undignified. Why? Why is I undignified? I was desperate. I didn't want the fence to burn down. I didn't want my house to burn down. And so I swushed it all with the water. I was out there. I was out there for about half an hour making sure that I was dead. That fire. I come back in soaking wet. Absolutely drenched. I look, I look silly. Why? Because I was desperate. This is where the story comes in good, doesn't it? I got in, I said, straight to Karen, I said, thank you, Lord. That could have happened while we were out. It didn't. It happened just as we'd got back in. It could have happened when we were in bed. It didn't. It happened while we were there. I just said, oh, thank you, Lord. That must have just been a little core in the center, just getting hotter and hotter, and it just poof, went. So that's a note of praise, but also a great illustration 
I might use it again. Yeah. <laughs> Amongst friends, yeah. I, I, I went a bit over the top. I did have boxer shorts. I did have a, tr a tracksuit bottoms on, but, you know, make it a little bit more undignified. I said, you know. But the desperate become undignified. When you're desperate for God, you don't care if the neighbors see you. You don't care if, if you curl up in a ball on the floor. You don't care if you're, you're streaming it and your eyes are crying in worship. You don't care if everybody else is sat down and you're still standing there with your hands in the air. You don't care. Why? Because you're desperate. But very often we're very controlled, aren't we? In our worship. In our, in our walk for the Lord. We're very stiff upper lip sort of thing, you know, chap, you know. It's time we got a bit desperate for God. Because when we are desperate, when we become undignified, we laugh more, we dance more, we cry more, we run more, we're on our knees more, we're on our face more, we give more, we forgive more. Everything is more. When we get desperate for God, when we get undignified, before him. Just a little bit of a warning for those who look down on the undignified. Because Michael, David's wife, looked down on him and mocked him. And she was childless all her life. So be very careful when someone is perhaps a little bit undignified, desperate for God. Don't point the finger. Just examine yourself. I'm going to move on. The last character. Have a little drink. Jacob. I spoke on this man and this incident quite a few times. But there's always something new on it. Jacob was on his way to, to meet his brother, Esau. And if you know the story, he'd already deceived Esau and got his birthright. He deceived his father. Um, in fact, his name meant deceiver. Or he came out, they were twins, and, and he came, he was, he was birthed holding on to his, his brother's heel. The one who grabs the heel, the one who, who, who hangs on. He was a hanger-oner. He was a deceiver. That's what his name meant. And I want to read these, these verses on his way to meet his brother. Now, very, he didn't know how his brother, they, they'd grown up, and now uh, Jacob had uh, a big family. He had lots of stock. He was in God's blessing because he stole the blessing and the birthright. And Isaac gave him that blessing. And this is what, what happened. As the caravan of all his family and, and livestock went on ahead. Genesis 32, and verse 24 to 26. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, 
let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. We all know the incident, if you've ever been to Sunday school or if you've read this, you'd speakers speaking about it. Jacob wrestled this man, man meaning God. It was the angel of the Lord or it was God in human form. Because he says afterwards, I, I've wrestled God. I've, I, I've, I've seen him face to face and I've lived. It was God in, in some sort of human form. But the thing I said, I'd never noticed before. I looked it up in a few different translations. It says that Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him. It didn't say that Jacob went and found a man and wrestled with him. The man was there and came to wrestle with him. That's a bit strange. I've always thought that Jacob wrestled this man to get the blessing. But this man, God, came to wrestle with him. You see, a significant change was about to happen in Jacob's life. Where he was going was to Canaan, way before Moses, way before the children of Israel. He was going into Canaan. Jacob was one of the first Old Testament patriarchs to actually purchase some land in Canaan. This was going to be the promised land. Something big was going to happen to Jacob, and we'll find out what it was in just a moment. But before something big could happen in his life, there was a wrestling match. Before we can ever go to a, a new level of closeness with God, there has to be a wrestling match. There has to be some vulnerability. Now, Jacob versus God, there's only one winner, isn't there? There's only one winner. The thing is with this, God doesn't want to start to fight with you. He wants to challenge you. He wants to put a challenge in your life. He doesn't want to fight you. But he doesn't want you to be complacent. You know, Jacob didn't just sit on the rock and go, oh, bless me. And the man didn't just say, oh, no, I'm not going to bless you. Oh, come on, please bless me. He said, no, I'm going to fight you for a blessing. I'm going to struggle with you. I'm going to go through discomfort with you. I might even go through some pain with you. But I'm not going to let you go until I get it. This closeness, this different relationship, close to you. He wants to know, God wants to know, do you really want more of me? And if you really want more of me, he is saying, fight me for it. He's saying, I'm challenging you. Are you willing to go through some discomfort? Are you willing to go through a little bit of mocking because you've been undignified? Are you willing to go through that place of weakness where I've taken some stuff away? And it looks like you haven't got 32,000. You've only got 300 now. Are you prepared for that? 
And Jacob said, yeah, I'll wrestle you. He was prepared. You see, God will initiate. He said, if you want more of me, come on, I challenge you. He said, if God is going to take us to another level, like he took Jacob to another level, we have to become vulnerable before him. Vulnerable. In our vulnerability, we must be prepared for some discomfort. And we know that in the end of this story, the angel of God, God himself, touched his hip, touched his hip. And his hip was put out of joint, just touched it. He could have done that at any time. And he walked with a limp for the rest of his life. You will be known. He was known. He was marked. When he walked with a limp, people would have asked him about the limp. People would have heard about the limp. They would have known what happened. They would have known he, what he'd gone through. When you come close to God, when you've become vulnerable, when you've gone through some stuff, and when God has changed you and challenged you, people will notice. You'll walk with a limp. You know, this man showed his determination. You know, it's, sometimes we can come to God. And I'm sure Jacob was the same. He said, look, I want more of you. I want more of you. And then we go through some perhaps challenging stuff. And God's still saying, do you, do you want more? You really want more? Just give up. No, I'm not going to give up. And then I'm sure Jacob turned, turned to this angel that was wrestling with him and said, look, you started it, but I'm going to finish it. And I'm not going to let you go. And they fought and wrestled until daybreak all night. Yeah, becoming vulnerable means sacrificing, means sacrificing time, it means sacrificing family, finances. It can mean feeling alone sometime. I remember, I know a friend of mine who's, who's a vicar. And very often, you know, at heart he's, he's quite charismatic, quite Pentecostal in his thinking, and sometimes he stands in front of the mirror, and he's told me this himself, with all his robes on. And he says, Lord, why? Why why do I have to dress like this? Why is it like this? Why? You know, and he goes out to different congregations every week, and he's got about three, four churches that he looks after. And he says, do you know what God keeps saying to me? And I said, I don't know, what does he say? And he said, you've told me. You'll do anything for me, whatever the cost. And he says, I just got to carry on. Sometimes, whatever the cost means we be, need to become vulnerable. Sometimes we need to become undignified, whittled back to nothing.
There's something else I noticed. That if you're prepared to go the distance with God, God frequently, very often, doesn't answer our prayers and all our cries until the very last moment. And there's reasons for that. You know, Jacob could have had his blessing right at the beginning of the night after one hour of wrestling, after five hours of wrestling, after six hours. No, he, he wrestled all night till daybreak. He didn't just wrestle five minutes. Then the answer came. Then the blessing came. I can imagine all night the angel of the Lord saying to Jacob, had enough now? No. No, I haven't had enough. Someone shut that door. It's banging, isn't it? Go on, I'll do it. Yeah. You know, before the sun comes up, the angel of the Lord says to him, I had enough now. And then, just as the sun comes up, bang, he got it. He got his blessing. Frequently happens. Then in verse 27, if you read through it, God or the angel asks him a question. I mean, this is something I've never seen before. He says to Jacob, what is your name? Remember his name? His name is Jacob, the deceiver, the one who hangs on, who is dragged out by the heel, the one who deceived his father, the one who deceived his brother. His name literally means that, the usurper. So he says to him, what is your name? Jacob says, my name is Jacob. He brings out all his identity. Jacob had to confess his character because his name was his character. His name was his identity. He had to acknowledge who he was. He had to acknowledge what he was. You know, Jacob could have turned and said, it doesn't matter what my name is. In that moment when he said, my name is Jacob, he opened the door. He became just 300. He became undignified. He became vulnerable. But what did, what did God do? God says you will no longer be called Jacob. You will be called Israel. Israel, the one who fights. Or it could even mean God fights. Now God fights for him. He's on his side. Why? Because he'd, he's laid himself bare. He'd become vulnerable before God. And sometimes, no, not sometimes, all the time we need to be doing that. Laying ourselves bare before him and saying, Lord, this is me. Warts and all, all my strength, all my weaknesses, this is who I am. This is me. This is my name. This is my character. This is my personality. This is what I've done. This is who I am. 
And God says, I know. I just wanted you to say it. I just wanted you to lay it down. I just wanted you to become vulnerable before me. Let's get desperate in our pursuit of God. Let's become vulnerable before him. I think we just need to end with some worship so we can have some, some of our quiet time before him right now. I'll ask the worship team just to come back up. But this is the, the time when we examine ourselves. This is the time when we say, Lord, this is who I am. If Jacob was here in that time, he would say, Lord, I'm Jacob. But he made me Israel. When you lay yourself before God, who you are, he takes you. And you'll never be the same again. Jacob was never the same after that. There was a noticeable difference in his walk. Physically, he walked different. There was something different about him. There was something different inside him. And so, as we just worship, take this time just to close in. Say, Lord, I want to become vulnerable. Undignified even before you. Whittle me down. <clears throat> till just you is left.